guys, this is Dr. Tio Wan Lin, the host of your favorite beauty podcast, Dermatologist Talks Signs of Beauty. We're in the midst of a series on the science behind our perceptions of beauty that lead to modern day conceptions of beauty standards. We've touched on the neuroscience principles that actually determine our own perception of aesthetics. And today, I'm actually going to use this concept of flawed beauty to illustrate why beauty standards actually do not and should not exist. In Eastern art, for example, in Chinese ink painting, there is a concept known as xia zi, which refers to imperfections created by organic movements of the paintbrush when dipped in ink. Practitioners of this art form recognize that creating these organic imperfections with a single stroke is actually part of what distinguishes it as a masterpiece versus an amateur art piece. In addition, the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi is well known. It is a concept which is seen in pottery art and in sculpture, which proves that beauty as an experience can inherently be physically flawed and even identified as flawed by the viewer and yet experienced as pleasurable. The key here is definitely con the connection between our senses and our brain processing, which actually dictates our valuation of what we are seeing. In the previous episodes, we've touched on the impact of evolutionary psychology, uh, which tells us that certain physical traits linked to attractiveness may be inherent uh, in the natural selection process. But there is an equally strong argument that values of altruism and kindness, for example, uh, are seen as attractive to almost everyone. Uh, in terms of what psychologists analyze in human behavior psychology. And this is independent of the physical aspect of beauty. We've covered the neuroaesthetic pathway, which dictates how our brain processes these visual stimuli and eventually causes us to be able to value the subject in question. So this topic of artistic valuation is very important and relevant to our discussion because art is a universal subject independent of cultural or ethnic peculiarities. We all can derive pleasure from many forms of art, performances, practices, from viewing artworks. And one thing that scientists have discovered is that pleasure derived from appreciating the arts is actually much more than a transient emotion or a sensation, but in fact is one with significant cognitive psychosocial benefits that are directly related to human functioning and a good state of overall wellness and health. So this leads us to deduce 
that we can delve into this realm of artistic appreciation and evaluation in order to investigate the impact and importance of perceiving beauty for our psychosocial well-being and the key cognitive pathways involved actually show that it is much more than a purely emotional reaction. And this also means that we can apply these principles of cognitive behavioral therapy, for example, intervening in these processes to enhance appreciation of beauty and to maximize the psychosocial benefits of these aesthetic experiences. The focus of my podcast today is to bridge the gap between our concept of beauty or beauty standards, what we see with our eyes, as a result of our physical senses, especially when it starts to tell us that there are imperfections. I feel this is so important because a lot of our personal frustrations, um, in, whether in terms of situations, human relationships, uh, where we are communicating with other individuals, our own self-perception actually originate from our inability to accept imperfections and flaws. So I wonder if, um, you know, the idea that this striving for perfection is uh, considered a source of our daily motivation, uh, for example, to get better, to want to get better at something, uh, is a positive emotion that drives us and it should be driven by an ideal of perfection. Uh, but as a medical doctor, I feel, uh, in particular, practicing in the field of dermatology, I feel that a lot of psychopathology originates from a persistent sense of frustration, which is directly linked to perception of what is flawed and imperfect. Now, whether or not that's something inherent in an individual, or it is what they perceive in other people or in various situations. So, it is a risk factor for psychopathology because it gives rise to this mental thought process, which actually starts from frustration, from perceiving uh, a flaw, an imperfection, a sense of hopelessness, which is a result of a mismatch of expectations, all of which can cause the individual to obsess over certain thoughts that eventually becomes part of the brain's neurocircuitry. And these feelings of frustration and this hopelessness are key diagnostic features in an individual who suffers from clinical depression or anxiety, for example. What is relevant here, of course, um, as a beauty podcaster, I feel that um, in the realm of beauty, in the health and beauty industry, we are uh, always pursuing uh, betterment of our health, our skin health, and it often translates into how we are perceived by others. So there is a very delicate line here to be drawn because uh, the work of dermatologists actually focuses on skin health. And to be uh, accurate, when your skin is healthy, your skin will look good. And that, for example, has nothing to do with any unhealthy mental um, beliefs that uh, changing your physical features um, or being made to feel that something about you needs to change uh, 
is part of this pursuit of health and wellness. I think many of the existing cosmetic dermatology or plastic surgery interventions to correct um, what is perceived to be flawed uh, by the individual is certainly all right. And um, I think there is a good uh, understanding that the individual um, will, in fact, uh, feel better when they have this um, pers- this flaw corrected. But it is something to be emphasized as not the source of their self-esteem or the motivation behind them wanting the procedure should not uh, be directly linked to this tangible goal um, because regardless of how extensively one utilizes medical interventions to preserve what you deem to uh, be what makes you look good or what makes others look good and regardless of how genetically blessed you are we are all mortal so there is this rule that we will, at the end of the day, degenerate and degrade. And that is a law in nature. It doesn't prepare us well for this uh, journey of aging uh, if we are purely associating that with how one appears. Um, in fact, it leads to a very unhealthy disconnect with this emotional process of aging um, by tying it so closely to the physical manifestations of it, uh, that could lead us into a lot of psychosocial problems because of unmet expectations and disappointment, which are part of an unhealthy uh, vicious cycle in one's mentality. My goal starting this beauty podcast from the onset has been to share important tips with regards to skin health, cosmeceutical interventions, uh, but for the main purpose of educating the public that beauty itself must be tied to your health rather than any ideal that has to do with your skin color, your size, your shape, um, how many lines you have on your face and what features you were born with. I view, for example, from art, that it is a great way to show people that the process of perceiving beauty must include our emotional and mental states. Our perception of artwork is literally an organic manifestation of our entire being. And by organic, I am referring to the lack of structure and yet close semblance to living things uh, which are which can be items familiar to the human experience that somehow manages to conjure up these aesthetic experiences. Now as we reflect on our own uh, personal experience of artwork, may we also learn to apply these same principles to look at ourselves and also at others. This application of this concept of beauty standards, um, you know, to human anatomy in particular uh, is very troubling to me as a dermatologist, uh, as a medical practitioner. This realm of aesthetic medicine, which has arisen out of specific subspecialties in dermatology and plastic surgery, is increasingly practiced by non-specialists who consider themselves aesthetic practitioners. Now, um, internationally, there is no formal health accreditation board that um, considers this as a separate medical specialty. And it is important for the public to understand this because what 
uh, the converse will uh, lead us to is a blurring of the line between um, the duty of a physician and this consumerist approach to beauty, especially when touted by a healthcare professional. So I personally feel that if we look at the evolution of art and the appreciation of art, we realize that achieving physical perfection, for example, um, is should is and should not be our end goal. An entire copy or an imitation of a masterpiece, for example, in art, will not equate to success. In fact, it is absolutely devalued because one considers it an imitation. So, uh, hopefully, if we apply that same principle to our physical appearances or to physical features, to learn that striving for complete symmetry or literally trying to match the standard of certain physical features uh, is equally tricky because the essence of beauty uh, and the perception which is hardwired in human beings, um, I would like to call that this uh, connection with the brain, has less to do with um, form and more to do with distinctiveness. And even when we consider the general broad principles when it comes to artistic form, there is this very persistent characteristic uh, relating to organic movement. And actually, science can explain our um, perception of these organic lines and uh, organic manifestations, and it's via a mathematical equation. So this is the Mandelbrot equation, which explains the behavior of many different uh, things, that, living things that we find in nature uh, via the concept of fractals. It helps us to perceive a subject as either a natural versus an artificial manifestation. So this is also very well tied in with the concept of wabi-sabi, which we mentioned earlier, uh, found in traditional Japanese aesthetics. The hand-formed imperfections in the sculpture contributes to the inherent beauty of the object. And in Chinese in painting and Chinese culture, the concept of beauty and imperfection is ideally told in the story of how a lotus um, with its perfect bloom actually grows out of mud, achieving perfection in the midst of imperfection. It is the perfect symbol of how one can find beauty and purity in an imperfect world. And even with an imperfect bloom, as we often find in nature, the broken brush strokes which are achieved with the organic movement of a human hand wielding a brush, the effect of the brush on rice paper and the flow of ink with water results in the brokenness of each stroke that is overall valued as an aesthetic experience. It tells the story of how when things flow as they do in nature, uh, which can be considered physically imperfect, uh, depending on how you define perfection, it actually becomes perfect. 
Overall, I feel that the lesson here is that you know the human reaction to imperfection is actually something we can change. In a world where certainly nothing is truly within our control, in sculptural arts, the human touch is distinct, with fingerprints marks that are left. On objects created by the human hand, which are impossible to replicate with any machine. As we celebrate the first anniversary of our beauty podcast, Dermatologists Talk Science of Beauty, I wish to take this time to thank my listeners as well as my sponsors. Thank you all for your kind support the past year. If you have been following us on our journey so far, I hope that you've enjoyed our discussions on the subject of beauty, in particular, offering a new perspective via the neuroaesthetic pathway, which we have been discussing. The key to growth in any area is fueled by mankind's quest for knowledge、um, and betterment. In this podcast episode, I've spoken about how our desire to achieve better things for ourselves must be balanced with an evaluation of our own emotional response to what we see and hear. If there's something we hear. That can soothe your psyche in any way. That's certainly helpful. But better still, if we are able to rationalize and take control of our emotional and cognitive responses to things that you're exposed to, if you are able to back it up with scientific understanding and methodology, then. Our pursuit of perfection can be a fruitful journey and a safe one, rather than an endless vicious cycle. Finally, I hope that at the end of this podcast episode, we can all take a moment to self-reflect how we truly want to define beauty for ourselves, because we may find ourselves pleasantly surprised. At how this can literally transform your whole world. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, and remember to follow me at Dr. Tio Wan Lin on Instagram for the latest on our podcast updates. We have a podcast episode releasing every Sunday, and also remember to follow us on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.